Good morning on this Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Yesterday we announced uh, the study for Tuesday as that of Wednesday, but today is actually the study for Wednesday and yesterday's study was Tuesday even though it said uh, Wednesday on the title. Starting with our continuation on the feast of first fruits, going to the Old Testament in the book of Exodus chapter 23, we have the introduction to the feast of first fruits along with the other feasts that are given in the scripture. Then of course in the book of Leviticus we also are given these feasts in a repetition. But here is something that we have to understand. The people of Israel had come out of Egypt, out of bondage and slavery, out of sickness, disease, and poverty, and all of these things. They were delivered by the mighty hand of God. And in the process of traveling through the wilderness, they get, they get to Mount Sinai. And in Mount Sinai, they are given the law by Moses, and they're given a bunch of statutes and ordinances, and there's judgments and testimonies of God. There's all kinds of things that are given so that they have some type of civil order and social order, laws that would govern them and lead them the way that God wanted. Well, in that whole process, God, after they had arrived at uh, Mount <clears throat> uh, Sinai, he gives them these feasts and he tells them in Exodus twenty three fifteen. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat <clears throat> unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee in the time appointed. And of course, everything was concerning God's set timing and seasons. In other words, these were the Lord's feast. And this is where everybody was supposed to come and meet with him at the appointed time of the month of Abid. For in it thou cameth from Egypt, you came out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. In verse 16 it says, And the feast of harvest, the firstfruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is the end of the year, when thou hast gathered thy labors out of the field. So he tells them, these are the feasts. Now, it's reiterated again. It's repeated in the book of Leviticus in chapter 23, verse 9. But now we have a little bit more detail. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you become into the land. In other words, when you come into the land, what land? The promised land, which I give you and shall reap the harvest thereof. Then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. Now, here is something fascinating. If you stop and consider it, their journey into the promised land should have been more, no more than just a few months long. So that they had had the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They had not been able to celebrate the Feast 
<clears throat> of first fruits because there was no harvest. There was no planting done out in the wilderness. They hadn't settled down where they would have their crops and everything. So they had not celebrated that feast. And God had actually taken that into account. And he said to them, when you come into the land, when you enter into the promised land, for up until this time you've not entered in yet. So when you do enter in, I expect you <clears throat> to reap the harvest. And from there you are going to bring the first sheave of the first fruits of your harvest. We have to understand the importance of this because it took almost another 40 years. In other words, from the time that they left, the time they got to Mount Sinai and then their wanderings, before they entered into the promised land. That means as far as the Feast of Passover and all the others, they were missing out on the very thing that God had told them to do. So they hadn't celebrated this. It wasn't until 40 years later when they enter into the promised land. And <clears throat> the scripture says that Joshua was able to, with the people, partake of that. It says in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 11, this is the process. When you enter in, this is what you're going to do when you have your harvest. You shall wave a sheave. Before the Lord. Now you have to consider this. And I'll, I'll add this from the very beginning. If you've ever seen wheat. And if you've ever seen barley. And this was a barley sheave. The, the, the wheat did not come until later. So it was a sheave of barley. You plant one little seed into the ground. And the sheave has many little grains on it. So it says, thou shalt wave the sheave before the Lord. And we'll be talking about the aspects that are uh, prophetic, the aspects that are natural, the aspects that are spiritual concerning all of this a little later. It says, you shall wave the sheave before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow. And <clears throat> after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. All of this is going to be very important because while Christ was... In the under part of the earth, right before he resurrected, what was taking place at the temple was amazing. They were celebrating the feast of first fruits in the natural, yet God was seeing the spiritual aspect of it as Jesus, his son, and those that rose from the grave coming up as the first fruits unto God. Now, as we consider this, let's continue reading Leviticus 23, 12. And you shall offer that day when you wave the sheave a lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. Now, we have to ask ourselves the question, why did Jesus have to ascend before the Father? And then almost 40 days later, ascend in a cloud back up into heaven. In other words, he ascended, then he came back down, and then he ascends again, and in the rapture, he's coming for the people, his church, and then in the second coming, he comes with us back to this earth. So this is all tied into the feast of first fruits. And it all begins to make sense when you tie it into this prophetical feast because 
all the other verses, all the other texts that are concerning the resurrection of Jesus are tied into this feast. And without this feast, they make no sense apart from themselves. And it says in verse 13, And the meat offering thereof shall be two-tenths deals of fine flour, which we'll talk about that, mingled with oil, which we'll talk about the oil and the flour, its purity. An offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and the drink offering shall thereof be wine and the fourth part of a hind. And verse 14 says, You shall... You shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that you have brought an offering unto the Lord your God or unto your God. And it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Now that's important. In other words, you cannot eat anything from the harvest anything from the field until first it has to be offered unto the Lord. And this does take us to a very important principle, and that is the principle of putting God first before anything else in our lives. We'll be talking about this a little bit more. Now let's go ahead and read in Joshua. Joshua chapter 5, verse 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and capped the Passover on the 14th day of the month, in the evening in the plains of Jericho. Remember, they're in the promised land now. Verse 11, And they did eat of the old corn of the land, not the promised land, but of the previous land, that they were in wandering in the wilderness, on the morrow, the, after the Passover, the unleavened cakes and the parched corn itself, that selfsame day. So we're already in day number two. Verse number 12, And manna shall cease on the morrow, and after you have eaten the old corn of the land, neither <clears throat> had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Notice, that year. That means once they entered into Canaan, once they conquered certain areas of the land, they were able to plant, they were able to do all that they were supposed to do, so they were able to also do the Feast of first fruits. Now, all of this gets really, really interesting, but we have to go by the scripture uh, to really see how it all fits in and makes sense. The resurrection, the most awesome thing, the first fruits unto God. I pray the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, the Lord be gracious unto you, the Lord lift up his countenance, and may he give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen.